Welcome to Rap In Order, the interrogation of a hip-hop album, where we take some of the culture's most beloved hip-hop albums, put them on the stand, see if they stood the test of time. Now let's see who we got on the stand today. And welcome to another episode of Rap In Order. I'm First Class Reg. And I'm Torian B. Today, we're getting into the second studio album from Project Pat that was released in 2001, Mr. Don't Play, Everything's Working. Um, this product, this album had production that was mostly handled by DJ Paul and Juicy J, who were like his cohorts and his, you know, his go-tos. Juicy um, J's his little brother, right? Really? Yeah. Project Pat and Juicy J are brothers. How did I know that? Mm-hmm. Wow. I didn't know that. So yeah, it was released in 2001. Um, the project debuted at number four on the Billboard 200. To me, this is like... The go-to essential album for Project Pat. Um, it fully encompasses everything that Project Pat is about. The hooks, the flow, um, the production. Just overall a well-rounded project. Um, even back then, I've been a I've been a fan of, of Project Pat for a good while. Like his flow has always stood out to me. Um, and the subject matter, everything, like he's remained solid and he just has transcended even up till today. Like he's he's been sampled by like a bunch of artists that are prominent today um what's your thoughts on this album um this is an amazing album i didn't realize how much i live with this album i was um living in atlanta at the time so i moved to atlanta in 2002 from harlem and um project pat was being played like so much and down there like i was like thrown off because i'm like well this is atlanta like i know it's the south but like Project Pat was played like a lot, and like a lot of his songs had anthems. A lot of a lot of the hooks from his songs were used at Battle of the Bands. They were used um, during like basketball games and football games and stuff like that, like as just like chants mm-hmm. or whatever. So like, I just thought that that was like really dope, and yeah, um, he was just amazing. And like Reg said, like his influence on like artists now, right? So. I actually wrote wrote down the list like uh, "Don't Saver" is sampled by J Cole's "No Role Models" mm-hmm. and Twenty One Savage's "AT and T." Chicken Head was sampled by Cardi B on her, on the song "Bickin Head." Um, if you ain't from the hood, is is sampled by Reg's man Duke Deuce's "Crunk Ain't Dead." Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Ooh, nothing is sampled by Money Bag Yo for all that, and Young Dolph's got get paid. No, got paid. And um, Cheese and Dope is sent by Isaiah Rashad's R.I.P. Young. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, like, that influence right there, like, lets you know that, like, that these artists, you know, they're around my age, um, in their early 30s, like, all, also, Midas Cardi B, she's still, like, a baby. She's not even 30 yet. But they were all influenced by these songs around the same time. Mm-hmm. And his music was played so much. And it's always, like, interesting to me because, like, obviously, like, 3-6 Mafia, right, like, is, like, this... Like, they're, like, this huge, like, phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, they won the Oscar. They won Grammy Awards. And, like, Juicy J has, like, gone on to, like, work with, like, Miley Cyrus. And, like, he's closely affiliated with Wiz Khalifa. Mm-hmm. But, like, Project Pat, down to, like, his, like, recognizable flow. Like, obviously, it kind of gets, um, 
repetitive, mm-hmm. but it's like he he's mastered it. Like you know, like when he just comes on, like it's your boy Project Petta. <laughs> <laughs> like I just love that. I shit. I love that shit. <laughs> um, I think I think what stands out for Project Pat and why he's been able to be around and in the same way with Juicy J is that something just still feels fresh about it, regardless of the flow. Like I I always say. Juicy J has been able to flip the same flow for over 20 years and it never gets old. Like there's just those, there's just certain artists that can just pull that off. And it, they're like the top two in that realm. They can just pull off literally the same flow, different subjects, switch the subject around, around a little bit, but for the most part, it's the same type of party anthems, feel good shit. And it's this cornerstone of Memphis and it always piques my interest. Like, it makes me want to visit Memphis just to, like, take in that type of vibe and that style and that, that shit that they bring. Yeah. And then it's also funny because when, um, before I knew what 3-6 Mafia was, like, I thought about, like, Elvis and, like, Memphis and stuff mm-hmm. like that, right? And you think, like, oh, okay, like, country music, uh, white people wearing boots and stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, Smokey and the Bandit, shit like that. And then, like, you find out, like, nah, it's the fucking hood in Memphis, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think they do a good job of giving you like little previews of like what's what that's like. Cause mm-hmm. there's so much to Memphis. Like you got on one end you got Project Pat, you know, three six mafia, and then on the other end of things you got Justin Timberlake and yeah. Elvis Presley. There is really a music city, it's a mm-hmm. musical town. Yeah, and like they're just known for that. <clears throat> but um this album this album kicks off with a very big single for Project Pat, Chickenhead, mm-hmm. which features 3-6 Mafia and LaChat. It's produced by Juicy J and DJ Paul. Yeah, um, this this song was like, it owned the summer when it came out. You couldn't mm-hmm. go nowhere and not hear this shit. Mm-hmm. The word Chickenhead was like already something that was like pop, being popular, like mm-hmm. popularly used at this time, but like it just took off. Like, yeah. It just went everywhere. Like white people knew this song. Like mm-hmm. you couldn't turn on the radio and like not hear this song yeah this was like this was like um at the height of gender wars in music yeah so like um even the whole argument between him and the girl like she talking about how he ain't got no money and he's like girl i had to buy some rims for the cadillac like (laughs) she's like you ride clean but your gas tank is on e like just the back and forth Mm -hmm. um was really, really dope. And I think that's why this song has been able to stay around yeah, what it has, too. He told Shorty her breath was like some thunder. Yeah. What you talking about? I don't, I don't want, want your phone, phone number. <laughs> Yo, that's so... Oh, man, I love that shit. Girl, you need some gum. <laughs> breath like some thunder. <laughs> I thought that shit was funny as hell. Um, yeah, always a fun track, man. Classic, classic song. And then it's followed by, you know, a skit that's, you know, kind of mm-hmm. just leading into the next song, which is another big song, Cheese and Dope. Yeah. Cheese and Dope. Yo, yeah. another one. This man knows how to make hooks and, like, make it sound good. That's another thing. Like, um, one thing that's, like, impressive, especially about Southern artists, is that because, like, they talk with, like, a kind of, like, twang. Like when they when they say certain things, it just sounds better. Mm-hmm. Like he's saying like the most basic shit ever, right? But then like you realize I'm like, all right, yo, he's saying like he's really telling you like, listen, like I got money and I got dope mm-hmm. and I'm about to make this shit work. I'm about yeah. to take over this this area. Like so. I got cheese, hoes, and a bunch of fucking dope. Mm-hmm. Like it's just I got peas, coke, and some killers at the dope. Like it, like it just all fucking yeah, flows. It just all like. Flows well. Man, this Project Pat is a fucking genius. Um, 
So cheese and dope is followed by a whole lot of weed. Whole lot of weed is like another staple 420 song that a lot of people don't talk about. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't even smoke like that, but like every time I hear this song, I really appreciate it. It's you a know, monumental it, song for me. And it's and it's because he pretty much like he's he is kinda like Patrick Project Pat is kinda like the everyman mm-hmm. in the sense of like, you know, he he's not making things like Sound like oh man I can't be Project Pat like no he he absolutely is just like the regular dude that you know that's down the block mm-hmm. he always coming outside with flip flops he got a belly he probably got a do rag on mm-hmm. or whatever like that if he got his waves on there or cornrows and shit like that like you don't know how he get these pretty ass girls that he got he yeah, always got money but they love him yeah everybody respect him down the block mm-hmm. like that's just just one of those things I would love to have a conversation with Project Pat oh uh, man he would have to rap though like his kind like his response would have to be raps he couldn't just talk yeah yeah he just seems like fun like a know it all like OG mm-hmm. um don't save her features crunchy black like that just hit after hit on this album mm-hmm. um. You obviously get the premise of the song, and it's a classic. It's, you know, let these hoes be hoes is basically the message of it. Like, just let them do what they're doing. Yeah. Um, had a and just appreciate them for what they're what they doing. What'd you say? I had a funny experience with this song. So, I was young, and, like, I just moved down to Atlanta, and, like, I met this girl who I thought, like, liked me. Mm-hmm. Well, she did like me. Um, but I thought she was my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And then I found out that she wasn't my girlfriend, that mm-hmm. she was a lot of people's girlfriends. And like when like I learned this, like um I have like a group of friends down there and like for like two weeks straight, every time I come to the lunchroom, don't save her. Oh, she shit. don't wanna be oh man, it was sickening. She don't wanna be saved. Yeah, like I thought like she was like my girl. And like it was like, nah, nigga, like you were supposed to Sleep with her, like just get your first, you know, your first lick in since yeah. you just moved down here. Mm-hmm. You were supposed to like it. Like she was a good looking girl. She wasn't mm-hmm. ugly or anything like that, but like she was a promiscuous teenager. Yeah, we had a girl like that on my block um in Detroit that um everybody felt that way about. And I before I was like getting ready to like, you know, I was coming into my own and I met this girl and I heard the stories about her later on and it's like, damn, like Shit, kind of yeah, that shit. It's like fuck, you know, because you think you think it's something that is not, and it's just like, damn. All right, well, I got I got to detach. Mm-hmm. So that's what this that's what this song is, you know. Um, if you ain't from my hood, features DJ Paul and Juicy J. Yo, and this and this was a big deal because, um, well, I, I know you can relate. So in, in Atlanta, they have um, zones and wards. So, like, anytime, like, at part, like, Little John and Aesop was already doing this, right? Like, mm-hmm. saying, like, you know, fuck y'all click, fuck them niggas from over there and shit like that. But this song was one of those songs that was put in a playlist. Like, once you heard it, you you realize, like, all right, maybe it's time to go because niggas is about to start really getting crazy. And you want to leave before motherfuckers leave to get to their car. They start shooting outside right. and shit like right. that. So this was one of those songs that they played. And it's just like, you just knew, like, all right. It must be time to go because after this song comes on, like B.I.B.I. is going to come on. And then, like, I I just knew it was time to go. Damn. Like, songs that came on to, like, send a message to rep to, rep to rep your hood. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, because, like, in, in Atlanta, like, you know, you guys got different areas. Like, it was, like, you know, Zone 6, Zone 3, 4, 4. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Um, 
you being from like south, the south side, you being from like North Atlanta, like being from all, and it would be confusing. Cause I'd be like, but wait a second, like, all right, I'm, we all from zone three, but this person from Trestle Tree and this person from Summer Hill, so they don't get along, but they're both in zone three. So why the fuck is it like, why did, why is it an internal be way? We should be together. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I get that. It's the equivalent of like saying like, yo, we both from the Bronx, but like, nah, like I'm from Mount Haven and you from these projects mm-hmm. and we should be, and it's like, nah, we from the Bronx, we should be together. Yeah, we should be together. <laughs> we shouldn't be so intersectional like this. <laughs> That's mad funny. Yeah, but that, yeah, that's that that's basically what this song is. Um, and then that takes us into Gorilla Pimp. Son. A little problematic. It is it's very it's very problematic. Um, oh, and also, sorry. So um, if you ain't from my hood, and we talked, which we kind of preluded to earlier with uh, Duke Deuce, which pretty much kind of encompasses his whole first uh, single, mm-hmm. Punk Ain't Dead. The whole style of it and everything, um, and and keeps that energy pretty well, and just speaks to his influence, like we said. He did an amazing job keeping yeah. that energy. Um, so Gorilla Pimp, Gorilla Pimp, it's a problematic song. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's he's rapping about doing things to women that uh, are not okay, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure if you're talking to Project Pat now, he's like, "Yo, I was young, I was just making music." And mm-hmm. another thing that is very prominent in Memphis is pimping. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I just think that you know, like he really leaned into it, and like that's what he's rapping about. But I don't think I don't think Project Pat really be slapping up women and shit. Yeah, Punch I think it's just yeah. I don't think he be <laughs> like listening to it is like it's crazy because it's like Project Pat has this knack for making everything sound fucking cool. Mm-hmm. So you'll be nodding your head to this shit till you like really listen to it. Like oh shit, like this is mad problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, it's it's all in entertainment. Break the law, two thousand one. Consistent feature from the Mafia. What you think of this one? Um, Break the Law 2001 was cool. Uh, it wasn't... It kind of like just like this song, Like I, I kind of just like skip through it mm-hmm. when I hear it. Um, it's, it's not it's not like a standout. It's, it's just a cool song. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, same, same here. Like nothing to really write home about. It kind of just fits in the mode of this album, but it's not really a standout, I wouldn't say. Um, that one is followed by So High. Shout out to Lil Infamous, R&B. Mm-hmm. Um, this one was dope. Um, I, I, I think that, uh, what, you know, obviously, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a double entendre, but, um, I thought that it was pretty cool. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's one of those things where it's like, this album hits so hard early that it's like, it's kind of like, um, he has like album cuts that are dope, but it's like a come down. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of like you kind of like come. But I think it was smart though, because it's like I mean, it definitely it makes gets you, you from the yeah. Beginning. It gets you from the beginning. Like if you if you hear this album from the beginning, like the way you used to buy albums before, like you know you go to like you know Sam Goody or something like that. You listen to the album. If you listen to the first six tracks, you buying this shit. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and then that one is followed by like a skit that doesn't really. You know, mm-hmm. you don't really have much on it, but then it's followed by "We Can Get Gangster." We can get gangster, that's and a, we back on track. That's another song that lets you know it's time to leave the party. Mm-hmm. We can <laughs> get gangster, bruh. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's just it, like it's certain. It's like some of these songs, like you know how like uh, um, like religious people say like like in hip hop, like there's certain songs where like the devil enters the room once that song comes on. <laughs> Yes. This song is one of them. This is definitely one of those songs. It tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. Um, and I think and I think it follows up 
with a with, even with ski mask and up until ski mask is when i realized too like you know i always and i've brought it up before like about where the fuck is country i mean uh crunchy black because you don't really hear him even when he was just three six mafia you didn't really hear his raps like that but when he's featured with project pat it stands out yeah um he crunchy black is like somebody that like really like lives his raps and like it's hilarious to me because like I know that like there's been times when like they've like gone places and like they were so embarrassed by him because he's such a hood dude and like he just be doing some of the wildest shit. Like I've watched like interviews where like he's told stories of how like he was on like the run. Mm-hmm. Like kinda like he was pretty much like the ODB of their crew. Yeah. Like he was like always in some shit or like having like women like fighting over him and shit like that. Or like having multiple women, multiple cities and like women just fighting and shit and like him like coming out and, like, him and Juicy J getting into arguments about mad stuff. So, like, his energy, when he brings it on the track, like, I, this is, I want to have this conversation, but, like, on another episode. Like, Country Black is, is, is like, the, the the full package of Southern rappers who care about being real rather than be actually being, like, lyrical. The entertainment side, yeah. Yeah, like, they don't care about, like, the lyrics and shit like that. He's like, nigga... All this shit I rapped about, I really fucking do. Mm-hmm. And that, that country bike is that that's him all day. And that's probably, yeah, that was his downfall, probably. Yeah. Because they, you know, Juicy J and um and DJ Paul saw where they could take this shit. Mm-hmm. And Crunchy Black is like, yo, fuck that shit. <laughs> you really um, killing niggas or what? Yeah. yeah, and that perfectly brings us into Life We Live, um, which features Nam and Lumpkin and Edgar Fletcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, this song is a coming of age type story, telling you where Project Pat was before he is, before he got to where he uh, where he is in rap. And um, it's a, it's a sad story, but unfortunately, the beat fucking knocks. The beat so, knocks. The <laughs> it's beat, hard the to beat knocks. And I think like this was like dope because it was kind of like um, him like expanding out of like what he was doing, so it's like showing his versatility. Mm-hmm. And I actually really appreciated that. And I was like, all right, cool. Like, boy, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it like he he can he can tap into different parts and still like be him. Mm-hmm. So I was okay with that. I, yeah, I fuck with that a lot. And um typically on a song like that, the beat isn't like so good to where the beat is kind of stripped down with songs like this, with a message like this. But for this song, they did not hold back with this with this uh production. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate that about it. Um Song is followed by Y'all Niggas Ain't No Killers, Y'all Niggas Some Hoes. That's the actual title of the song. It's produced by Juicy J and DJ Paul, and it's a fucking classic song. This is the third song on this album that lets you know when it comes on at the party, it's time to go. (laughs) Y'all Niggas Ain't No Killers, Y'all Niggas Some Hoes. Man, what a fucking title. Yo, and, bro. and they're so good at those. They're so Yo, good at they are, they all good like at that. that. And, it, and it's crazy because it's like, I, like I remember one time I was at a party and a fight ensued because like rival niggas was at a party and the nigga got on the mic and said, "This is to them hoe ass pussy ass fourth ward niggas." <laughs> like and I was just like, "What? Oh shit! It's time to go." That's like really like. Damn, like, like you say some shit like, the like fact, that. And like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we was kids. So, like, the fact that the DJ actually let him get on the mic and say that shit. Bro. And, like, that, how you dedicate that song to your enemies? Like, yo, I dedicate this to y'all niggas. <laughs> and, like, it was on after that. It was time to go. That is fucking madness, bro. Bro, that um that happened when I was in college. That didn't happen in Atlanta. But, like, that I was in Jacksonville, Florida. 
And they also have a fourth ward in Jacksonville, Florida. Like I don't know why fourth ward gets so much beef, but that's what happens. It is and what it is. Yeah. Imagine that, like in college, and you got to run for your life because you don't want to have to call your mother and say, hey, I got into a shoot. Well, I got shot at. I ain't had no gun. Yeah. <laughs> or there was guns just popping off, yeah. and I was in the area. Um, That's a story that I never took to my mom, even though I was like around. I was around shootings and stuff like that happening, but I'm never about to tell my mom that shit. She wouldn't let me go outside ever. <laughs> now, even now. Yeah, yeah, like ever. Um, that's followed by Ooh Nothing, produced by D, uh, DJ Paul and Juicy J, of course. Right. So what I found out is that Ooh Nothing was a, a. So I didn't do my proper research, but Ooh Nothing was like a song that was popularized like earlier in the nineties, and like rappers incorporated that in, like that saying into their their songs because mm-hmm. um, Mystical also used it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like that was like a thing, and I always thought that that was like cool. I just like how it sounds, and you know, it's just, it's just funny because it's, it's like it sounds like something like a like like a comedian telling a punchline or something like that. Yeah, I believe a comedian comedian did use this. Well, uh, this was shit. I mean, Chris Chris Tucker did Chris Tucker Chris Tucker use it in his Def Comedy Jam stand up. I know that when his mom was knocking on the door, he was like, "I'm coming, Mama." <laughs> Yeah, and she was yeah, like, "Chris, um, what you doing in there?" Ooh, I think that's where it's from. Damn, nah. There's another comedian that used that shit. Fuck, that shit is gonna kill me now. See, look at me giving Chris Tucker credit. I want to say it was Bernie Mac. Probably right. Yeah, I think it was Bernie Mac. Well, Money Back Yo and Young Dolph also were inspired by this song. And, mm-hmm. and example, a shout out to Young Dolph, R.I.P. It's fun. It's funny how like they they were on opposing sides, but they both were influenced by Project Pat. Like that man's that guy, bro. His his level of influence is crazy, but that takes us into we ain't scared, ho. <laughs> Yo, bro, it's just like such like a uh, such like a, this is such like a, a poke your chest out album of yeah. just like masculinity like just letting people know like I ain't no bitch I'm like, not a bitch <laughs> we ain't scared we ain't scared ho yeah. we ain't scared ho I like just it's just hilarious like bro like the message is clear <laughs> yeah the message is fucking and it's all like just literally surface level tough tough nigga rap yeah I love that about it yeah and I want to see it performed <laughs> I would love to see this perform. Oh. The energy that this will cause is crazy. Um, and then We Ain't Scared Ho is followed up by Aggravated Robbery. Which was happening a lot down uh, down there at that time. You know, um, small town. Somebody come through shining and you feel like they ain't strong, like tough enough to like keep that shit. Mm-hmm. They was getting fucking robbed. This nigga robbed her for her number and her purse at the end of this song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fucking crazy um yeah he said her y'all yeah her <laughs> <laughs> um and the beat the beat used during the first 40 seconds of the song is sampled from Carlito's way yeah that's mm-hmm. right that's right ah mm-hmm. uh, yes yeah and um aggravated robbery takes us into north north and I believe that's him talking about an area of Memphis where they're from. Like, I think so. Yeah, let me see. I believe so, yeah. It is. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, North North is another like consistent one. And it's crazy that like this song, this song is toward the end of the album. And mind you, you know, 2001, I think a lot of people were just making really, really long ass albums. People didn't have any thought about like how people are consuming music because it was the early 2000s. So it was just like, yo, we just making hits just to make them. This shit put all this shit on the album because we twenty we almost twenty songs in, mm-hmm. and you have pretty much the same consistent flow and the same message across the board. But I feel like in twenty twenty two, it would be very conscious of like, all right, this shit too long. Make it like fourteen out. Make make it like fourteen tracks. You get never, the same you message. Never know, across. man, because we getting so much. Like we getting deluxes. And That's also true. Shit. Like you never know, bro. Yeah. I just think that back then, like they were just doing this because. Uh, like, they, he was like, man, I got too much fucking heat. Like, I got to just get this shit off. Like, mm-hmm. this shit is too fucking good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true, too. And then North North, followed by Fucking With The Best. Now, I thought that fucking, like, Fucking With The Best is a song that I really enjoy. Like, that, I play that song. I play Fucking With The Best while I'm creating cleaning my house. That's a good, I never tried that. I never tried that, but that's a that's a good cleanup song. Yo, bro, like T it. T Rock, Juicy J, um, Lord Infamous, Crunchy Black, and DJ Paul on this one. Yeah, and, and it's just like them motherfuckers just pounding they just they chest talking they shit. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's like on some like like victory lap shit. Like we are the champions. Like we the fucking best. Yeah, pretty much. This is like what DJ Khaled would fucking love to encapsulate in all of his songs. Of course, of course he would. Mm-hmm. Um. And then, you know, it closes out with Mission Impossible with them just talking they shit. Mm-hmm. This is like a thank you note, but on a um on, on record. But not really though. They just talking they shit about them just being the best. Yeah. Um and that brings us to the end of this album, Mr. Don't Play. Mm-hmm. What's your official rating? Out of five, uh this is one of those ones where it's really difficult for me, right? Mm-hmm. Because on one on one part, I fully understand like this album's importance, and I feel like I can say that this album's a classic, and I don't think like many people that understand like what Project Pat means mm-hmm. would say that. But then I have to like be honest with myself, like my critical rapper, my critical uh, rapper brain. reviewer brain. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, this album's four out of five wops. Okay, but I do understand that regionally, like what this song, what this album means to to Memphis. Um, even come out of hypnotized minds, like I, I, I might say that like of like you know his collective that they that he, this is the the best project period like three six mafia albums period like, Lord, like I think so. Hmm. Like I'm just saying from top to bottom, like you gotta remember three six has like a lot of classic songs and maybe we can revisit this, mm-hmm. but like they, like it's on like different projects, mm-hmm. so it's like spread out, not as far as like their catalog of their best songs, right? Yeah, I think that this collection for of, of music from Project Pat is probably like the best because everybody came together to help with this project. Yeah. I I, I would wrong though, but yeah, I would fun. um I would agree with that. I just think I don't mind giving this album a classic rating. I could give it a classic rating based off the music on it and how it's aged, the influence. Um we talked about the influence and how it's so prevalent today. Um, Project Pat just being one of the artists that helps spearhead a sound that a lot of artists still try to mimic and that they still go to him and honor him for. 
And um, and that's still just coming back to this album in particular, and not just the artist, but this album. Like, you go on this album and you can see all these references that are made on it, and just like, just naturally, like you listen, like you said, you were listening to this album and you were like, yo, yeah, I know this song, I know mm-hmm. this record. Um, and it's a very top heavy album, but I very much appreciate the songs that are on here. All right, so Reg is correct. I, I can't I can't not call this album a classic. This album is a classic. Mm-hmm. What it like I said, like the influence of artists that are coming out now still using it. It shows you the influence of them still being inspired by it. Mm-hmm. I take back everything I said, ladies and gentlemen. Fuck that four out of five. It's five out of five waffles. I want to be able to go and visit Memphis. I want to go to Graceland. So yeah, like <laughs> this is what it is. Like this album's a fucking classic. Like Project Pat put out something that is legendary and I want to scream it to the fucking mountaintops. Yeah. This is a classic. Mr. Don't Play is a classic. It's a classic, classic album. Memphis rap done right from what I know of it. Um, And I think everyone that's a rap fan should, you know, indulge in this album. Project Peta. Mm -hmm. Great album. Um, Five out of five from the both of us. Definitely worth your listen, worth your time. I'm First Class Reg. I'm Tori and B. We out of here. Catch you next time. Peace. These are their stories. Dun dun.